and welcome along to the third episode of season three of LOI Weekly with myself, Johnny Ward and Daniel McDonald. Uh, we're on podcast for public Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud at, at LOI Weekly on Twitter, on iTunes as well, in association with Air Sports uh, and Independent.ie. And uh, Collie O'Neill has joined us on this really uh, beautiful spring morning, recording 20 degrees in Britain yesterday for the first time ever in February. Are you a bit worried about global warming? Well, do you want the Trump answer? No, I want the Collie O'Neill answer. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is worrying. I, I think I think it's mad. I don't know. It's yeah. just, it hasn't rained for about a year now at this stage, has it? Yeah, I saw you cycling past me this morning, John. I was like, that man's not even wearing a jacket. It's mm. February. Like, I mean, it was T-shirt weather yesterday. Mm. It really was warm. But uh, we got to a game. We've three rounds of games done already. It's flying by, Dan. It is, yeah. Um, yeah, I... I the season isn't really any more spaced out than last year. I think mm. maybe there's, there's one less midweek round around this time of the year, but you know you get it back, you get it back just after the break. So, um, I mean, Collie's going to experience that, and it's definitely going to be more of a challenge for the clubs that have part time and people like yourselves, Collie, that are sort of juggling jobs to some. I mean, I know the players maybe. <laughs> you know, at least they're they're together a lot. But you were saying you were taking a work phone call at one a.m. last night when you get back from. Dundalk effectively so that's, that's normal life yeah early morning 6am meeting as well this morning so yeah that's just that's just life but it's it's tough it is having uh, the Friday Monday games it is tough even mm. when you're, you're like we finished with, with bowls on Friday you still want to analyse the game look for areas where we can improve on our own shape but then you're still trying to do your prep towards Dundalk on the Monday it's a quick turnaround you don't have much time then on, on the pitch to try and get your finish one game and get your prep ready then for the next game. So it, it is pretty quick. Yeah, we're going to talk a bit actually about analysis and stat- statistical tools that are available because we were talking a bit off air beforehand. We will talk about that later, but John, we'll just sort of run through. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. fly through the, the, the two rounds. Friday of seems a long time ago now, actually, after last night. But uh, Dan, you were in Sligo. Yeah, Sligo. Sligo Rovers nil, Pats won. But I suppose it ties in with last night to some degree because um, I was a small bit disappointed with Pats or... I mean, they nicked it on Friday. You know, they definitely nicked, nicked it on Friday. There's no doubt. Um, now, Sligo are definitely behind Pats in terms of their pre-season preparation. I mean, they, they haven't had the services of Ronan Murray yet, of you know, David Cawley. Um, and then so they've got new players to the league who are setting it in. And, th- th- you know, I think they're vulnerable at this stage of the season. And... But they actually, in a game, I have to say that, I mean, it's a bit of a feature, unfortunately, at this stage of the season that they had the pitch and we had the wind, which was like uh, two two very big factors in the game. And in Sligo, there was a sort of a wind that was sort of helping one of the sides, but it was almost a bit of a crosswind uh, to some degree as well. Um, and it just ended up very congested. The one thing about Pats, they're obviously playing the new system, but um, the, the two wing backs just weren't really able to get forward and like affect the game that much. And then all of us, when that happened... Pats just ended up being a small, small bit predictable, and um, it's going to be a big challenge for Simon Madden to play that role at thirty-one or two this yeah, season. Yeah, man, it's not I, easy. I know last night then against Finn Harps when they drew it all, so you almost tied the two together. That you know, in one hundred and eighty minutes, I suppose three game, like two hundred and seventy minutes, and they've got the Mikey Drennan penalty, and then in fairness, Drennan, you know, great poacher's goal in the ninetieth minute. The, that's what you do. You always, you always say these things if a team's going to win a league or they won ugly. You know, they mm. they got the win when they didn't play especially well. But I still think there's a challenge um, to accommodate the players. I mean, Forrester played again. Um, you know, there's Forrester and Clifford, almost like a diamond in midfield with the wing backs and one up front. So 
you know, Jamie Lennon is very established there as the sort of the the number six, if you want, or that sort of established that sort of holding or sitting player. And he was very influential. He made the goal, but you've got sort of Forrester who who played that position when he was in England. You've got Connor Clifford who could play there, I think, as well. Although you know he was very effective against against Cork in terms of the ground he covered. And they have Reese McCabe, and they were just all a bit. I don't know. They got on top of each other, and Sligo were playing two holding. Like Callan McFadden is playing there in front of the back four, so they just sort of nullified each other. It wasn't a that's great the problem game. with a lot of games this season. You know. then, a lot of teams are so loaded in midfield that it's just a lot of these stalemate games. Yeah. Pats have played three games, and by all accounts, I was at one of them. That was not a good game last night. It was not a good game by all accounts, and this wasn't a good game either. No, but they haven't conceded a goal yet, so no, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's, and your your colleagues playing them on Friday, so you know they're they're. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no pressure. I I I I definitely give you a chance to get. The but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I kind of fancied you to do all right last night as well, and you did. Nearly, nearly uh, pulled it out of the fire. Nearly, yeah. Performance was decent. Performance was good. Mm. You're improving gradually in that it, regard. It, yeah, we're like. It's a Friday against Bowes. You lost ten, but just sort of another uh, pitch that didn't look great as well. Belfield looked a bit um, kind of. Ha- yeah, well, it? the rugby is on at this time of the year, so it it doesn't really suit our style of play. It's it's more a hindrance to us than it is to other teams. So. Um, it does get better, and you do an awful lot of work on it, so it does get better pretty quickly. But look, look good with all the, the big crowd there. Look great. Yeah, yeah. It's just it'd be nice if more than we're UCD fans. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's nice to see the place completely packed out. What was the game like? Um, there wasn't much in it. I think if you take the goals out of it, our performance was was decent. There wasn't much between the sides. We tried to play football. They were very, very direct and compact. Um, so, like even. The first goal came out of nothing. You just hold your hand up and say, great strike. This, the second one, we got punished for not tracking somebody from a, a throw-in. So we're getting punished for half mistakes, small you mistakes. You got away with last year. And when we, yeah, you get away with yeah. the fourth division. We're being punished this year. Yeah, the the uh, the goal by... Um, the, the, Danny Mandrea. It was the first goal, yeah. yeah. Technically, technique leading up to the goal and strike and everything. What a strike. Brilliant. Yeah, it really was top class. Um, but I, I remember watching it last night on on Soccer Republic. Just uh, Neil Frugia set you up for a great chance very early on, where he pulled it back um, to Jay. To Jay, um, but um, he looks. I mean, again, last night he scored, and he the pitch you could see because he was running down the line and it was kind of bobbling, but he was able to quickly just kill his defender by turning back inside. And um, obviously, Stephen Kenny rates this lad, but how good is he, and um, how how long are you going to hold on to him? Um, well, he wants to finish his education. He still has a, a year and a bit to go on that. Like, we've had loads of clubs come in and, and offer him big money and big contracts, but he doesn't want to go. He wants to finish, finish his, his degree. That's great to see, Dan. Mm-hmm. Q- QPR last year, you mentioned there were one even... Yeah, Q- QPR offered him a, a, a good deal and he, he turned it down, but um, he, he has his head screwed on. He, he, wants, he wants his education first. Mandreo and Frugia, I think they've t- something in common. They've both declared that they're going to play for Ireland if it ever comes to that. Because they both could, uh, Mandreo could play for Romania and obviously Frugia could play for France. Spain and Malta. Malta, who have actually approached him, I think. Didn't know that. Well. I only yeah. knew the French link. Yeah, there's four. He's qualified for four countries. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he is no. how good? How good is this lad? He's very good. He is top class. And he has the physique as well. He's like he six, is. six, one or two, maybe. Would he be? He's about six two. Yeah. Mm. But I think the interesting that he's had a lot of a real stop start journey to here. He actually hasn't played a huge amount of football because of injuries along the way. Yeah, so. it was only he only got into our squad come the the summer break from last year because he had a broke his collarbone for a second time. Mm. So he had a big operation on it. So he was in, out, in, out. So it's only from June onwards from last year where he's got a, a full run. 
And since he's had that run, he's got better and better and better, and he's accepted every stage that he's been on, and he's grown into it, and he's getting better and better. We'll, we'll talk about other players that uh, are inevitably going to uh, be linked with moves away from UCD because that's just the nature of uh, the All game. of UCD. Yeah, it's the nature of the game. Cork nil Watford too, Dan. Yeah. Um, looking well, back on the highlights of this, well, it looked a fairly merited Yeah, one. well, we're almost looking at these two games as, as, as groups really as much as anything because I suppose Waterford actually, when you think about it, down to Cork, it's not the longest trip and then up to Derry on the Monday and that's just the, the vagaries of the fixture list. I know they had, you know, they're... They're, they're sort of full-time, so they're more able to manage it, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, Waterford looked... I mean, by all accounts, Waterford deserved that win. I mean, you see Bastian Harry's sort of quality is still there. Quality and his goal celebration as well. And then El Bazzetti got the goal, who, who again, is just home from from across the water where he was West Brom and then he was up in Scotland. And Tell us about him. I, I don't he know played, about He him. played in that 21s game with, with Ferrugian, Scales and, 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 and Cairns. And he's a sort of a... He was played on the right side of midfield in that game. It's just a classic story. It's a, it's a guy who's been away, who's who's come back. I think he he's might Irish. Been, obviously, oh yeah, yeah, no, I think he might have been. I'm trying to think, he wasn't with Kevin's. I think he was he Malahide when he was here. He certainly, he was he 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 wasn't with that group of Kevin's lads that were in that twenty ones team. But yeah, I mean, he, he he he. I haven't seen a huge amount of him to be honest. He's been involved in Irish underage teams, but looks like a you know very capable player. It's just it's all about how he adjusts to the league. I mean, Waterford again are still sort of they were very late in the day in terms of some of the additions they made. So you're still trying to figure out, you know, Georgie Poynton was signed after joining Pats and then not even playing for them. And then mm. he was involved last night. Uh, so, I mean, Waterford went up from there to lose in Derry last night, but I suppose three points out of the six when they've had a, a sort of a, maybe not the ideal off-season, that's probably not a bad return for them. From Cork's perspective, I mean, I really put the scrutiny on them, but they did go and win in Sligo last night. Big so win, yeah. that's that's sort of just takes a small bit of the early season pressure off. I mean, they play Derry on Friday now. So, um, I we, we have our concerns about Cork. I mean, again, there they sign another guy, Dan Smith from Portsmouth. One of the guys they've brought in on loan from, from Rochdale is now out for eight to ten weeks. But you're still wondering where the goals are going to come from. I mean, they scored twice in Sligo last night. Uh, Sean McLaughlin from a corner and then by all accounts from Marcy. we're getting to see the highlights now as soon as we can but we just haven't seen those ones yet Garrett Marcy <coughs> do you take some uh, credit for that because your tweet on Saturday must have got people oh, well no I think that it, all, it, all it did was raise awareness of a situation that existed but it sounded like um, RTE didn't mind and the FEI didn't mind so why was this you know it just sounded like people it's were communi- it's communications breakdown John I mean it's a, I mean we, we, there was an FEI statement yesterday which suggested that the RTE lifted the embargo really look we've got the solution that we got in the end so you can only achieve so mm. much from going back over all ground but all I can say is the embargo didn't exist on Saturday when I put the tweet up says you know why can't we see these goals Friday to Monday I certainly spoke to people who would know who said there was no embargo at that point mm. in the deal so I think the embargo I know the embargo would have been taken out previously but Somehow the message wasn't received. Yeah, at some end. You, uh, but uh, well, anyway, the main thing is now the club. It, so we, I mean, Jerry City mm. last night put out a package. Um, but you work for the Irish Independent, and like we, we we want like newspapers to survive forevermore and all that. Um, but unfortunately, media is changing. And social media is more or less increasingly where it's at, more so than TV now. Well, so it's like it gives you a platform to immediately like. What was the goal? Morris's goal was like a million hits within a but day or something. It works for everyone, John. Like mm. if 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 and it's democracy. democracy yeah, but it works for it. everyone. It works for. I mean, for, okay, yeah, you're right. I mean, I work for a newspaper. and We have our own, <clears> I suppose, priorities, and and you know, we still have to deal with. You were doing. I mean, we still have to. Do, we still have to. Do, yeah, but we still have to deal with. Like we also serve an older audience who wouldn't necessarily be seeing stuff. Yeah. 
online to the same degree. But like, it helps. It helps me. It helps newspapers if we can put highlights up after a game, and we can see that you know thousands of people are watching it. Because sometimes the only measure we we have for interest levels can be sort of crowds, which can vary. Although I mean they're starting well this season as ever, and TV viewing figures, which wouldn't be great. But then sometimes the scheduling and stuff isn't mm. always conducive. It clashes with games. But if you if you have online footage of and you can see well, there's lots of people looking at this, and I think there will be lots of people looking at some of the clips online. But that helps everyone to to build the argument that Absolutely. it's worthy of more, and it raises awareness. So, like to me, the situation on Saturday morning where you're sitting there, and I was at one game on Friday night, and I wanted to see what happened in the other matches, and the prospect of waiting until Monday is just it's Stone Age stuff. It just it's no, it doesn't happen anywhere. It's like restricting access to the product, and when you then find out that there actually is no embargo in place, well, it's just like well, hang on, this needs to be resolved in, the world, in some <laughs> in some shape or form, you know. So it does have it. It's it's dead. When you come to a Monday and you, you want to look at a goal from a Friday night, it's that's past. It's gone. It's redundant. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah, you have every, your everyone's moments. on their phone. So like after the game Friday night, people will be looking at one game and saying, Oh my god, you see the goal in Belfield yeah. and they're watching on the phone. And again, it's just keeping, you know, that narrative going. And uh, I will say though the, the well, even Danny Mandreo's brilliant yeah. goal on Friday as it was. By the time you Couldn't get to, it. they've been shown last night, I'm almost like, did you see Corey Galvin's goal for yeah, Waterford yeah. last yeah, night? Moved on. And, it, and it, exactly. it, the debate sort of moves on. And Watch it, Watching the games on Friday night, Cork, Sligo, even Belfields, uh, Bally Buffet, uh, Shamrock Rovers, one of your kind of uh, loves is having fans behind the goal. And oh, there yeah. were fans behind the goal in every single game. Um, like Cork looked great, Sligo looked great, Shamrock Rovers and Usan looked great. Um, even Finn Harps packed behind the goal for uh, on the far sides, and um, the crowds just—it's—I know it's early days, but it's been a great start. And again, last night there were very good crowds from what I could see across the league. Um, like Derry looked pretty packed the far side. Derry's crowd was excellent. Last Sold night, out yeah. in Daly Mount. I think there was a decent crowd in Inchicore. My mate was at that game. Yeah. Um, do you feel a bit of a kind of an added buzz? Obviously, you're back in the Premier Division, but there seems to be—I—I I, I don't. Th- I've never experienced it like this before. There definitely is more of a clamour to watch it. And yeah. ironically, actually, there hasn't been many good games so far at all, like, after three rounds in. You haven't seen us play then, have you? No. no. Well, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. The crowds have been brilliant. Much more than what we would have expected. Mm. Like, even up in Derry on the, on the opening night of the season, to have the whole place full, it's, it's the stage that you want to play on, it, and it, it gives you an extra buzz for it. What's what's the pitch like up there, by the way? Because we're going to talk a bit about your analysis of uh, data, but just watching again the the highlights of the Waterford game last night, it looks it looks massive. Like it really looks it looks like a proper uh, almost like a pitch and a half. <laughs> it's the biggest pitch in the world. Mm. It really, it's massive. You're, you're you're trying to do your analysis and you're you're walking out the distance between your back four and your midfield four and trying to stay compact, well, you're, you're walking on the biggest pitch in the world. It's 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 tough. Would you advise that they bring it in a bit, like, not so, not to the extent that Harps did against Dundalk on Friday night, but uh, <laughs> is the pitch a bit too big? I suppose those, those guidelines are what is the maximum and minimum. If you're in that guideline, there's not much you can do about mm. it. You could ask them and they'd probably tell you to, to go away. Politely. Probably makes a better game. Mm. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I suppose Derry, if I, they've got six out of six at home mm. now, so yeah. they're obviously happy that it's, that it's working for them. I mean, Derry, uh, by all accounts, you know, there was no real complaints from their end about the results in Talon Friday night. It seemed like, you know, it was a, a fair enough, it was a fair enough home win. But um, just watching them last night, I mean, they've, they've certainly got off to, you know, They've got some interesting new players. I mean, Kieran Harkin scored again last night. I think good he, he yeah, he's, good, he's good one good to watch, player. really, isn't yeah, he? They've already he tied really him down to a new deal. 
uh, he, he's like a attacking central midfielder or how would you describe his sort of yeah he, well he more or less just sat in front of the back four he, right, really, okay. he was really really good very clever footballer um, I don't think he gave it away once but you've been able to spot danger and be in, in right zones at right time. He was very, very good. Mm. And you've got Sloggett there, of course, who you, who you know well. Yeah. So and they, they, they seem to have a good partnership there. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Barry McNamee last night as well, Owen Soaks, uh, just a lot of uh, players. David Parkhouse is back on loan. I mean, the, and I, for, I mean, I think Declan Devine has certainly brought some local good vibes back to the place because certainly for a Monday night crowd last night they were saying sort of well well over 3,000 there for a Monday night I know there was no Premier League on I know you know there, there's, there's clashes that can sometimes affect things but still at the same time uh, and by all accounts they've seen a cracking game as well you know yeah, a 3-2 game chance. just so looking at Watford it's about a, a five hour journey after playing on Friday night they on the highlights <laughs> they look very leggy I certainly did yeah. um, and then and, and the other game from Friday but we need to talk about um, I suppose it's Dundalk really um, the, the Finn Harp won the dog well there's, t- there's two sides to this because Finn Harps are doing very well and there's no doubt that I mean Ollie has uh, even though he's had I mean I think Sam Verdon joined and then he's, he's already gone you know were you on with Sam Verdon here last year was the two of you were on together no I was with Stephen O'Donnell Stephen O'Donnell Sam Verdon I think didn't realise how far Tony Gall was from Dublin that seems to be yeah. the, the gist of it that, that's certainly um in, in a modern online online age, that's probably not as Sam is a fan of the podcast. He yeah. can come on and explain himself. Yeah, I, I'd like to think it's more than a Google Maps malfunction here. You know, I don't I, think it is. I think he, uh, he just is like, well, I, so I guess I need to be getting my game if I'm traveling this far. So, um, okay. um, anyway, Sam. Well, anyway, but but two very good points. Oh, I, want, I want two your very good points. This, for, two very good yeah. points for Finn Harp. I want so your let's opinion not... on this bringing the pitch in, like, because I was talking to a couple of Dundalk lads. Wouldn't be the wouldn't be very happy with this. The last time they played up there, the pitch was the grass was very long. This is like whenever two or three years ago, and um, the pitch was brought in markedly on Friday night. I don't really have an issue with it because I think. You know, the results trumps the actual performance when you're down at the bottom of the table and they got a one-all draw, but it's not good for the spectacle. It's not great for the product. I mean, there's two ways of looking at it. For the product, it's bad. Um, but if you're a club that's that, that that's a yo-yo club, potentially, well, then you only have your only responsibility will be to yourself. But, it, it, of course, it's, it's, it's going to leave you open to... Uh, to be an unpopular side with, with with others around the league, you know, it, you can't complain if the, if you get a few negative comments to that degree. But like, if I they do know. it against you lads, it's obviously a compliment. I'd expect it against us, yeah, absolutely, because yeah, you pass the ball. Yeah, they they, but I'm not sure they're going to do that regularly this season, or is it like just on dock? Will they say, well, actually, this is this could work for us? Well, it probably suits their style of play to have a, a smaller pitch. Mm. Helps them being more compact. But again, yeah, they're probably not thinking about the overall product. Mm. Would you, would you forgive right only for themselves. You'd oh. forgive Ollie Horgan on that one. It's like, well... Well, he's just got to concentrate on, on his job and doing the best for his club. And I think that that's probably what he's trying to do. Yeah. I mean, if he loses his job, he's not going to get phone calls from managers saying, well, listen, we're really sorry. We enjoyed beating you 3-4-0 on your nice pitch earlier in the season. Yeah. You know, there's like... Brings uh, us on to kind of last night uh, as well because they, they didn't... Apparently, they coughed up virtually no chances in Inchicore. That's a good result for them. Brilliant yeah. result. They've conceded, what, a couple of goals in three games, which is against very, very, very tough start. They played the league leaders as they are now. Pats and Dundalk and they've lost by one goal over the three games yeah, yeah. great start it's, it's already looking Dan like the relegation battle isn't all that easy to call because Harps are competitive well we're three UCD games should in. improve we're three games in we're three games in Bows were some people were expecting Bows to struggle and they're top of the table yeah. it's, it's so the other the other thing we talk about is obviously is Dundalk who were in, in crisis mode by their standards with two draws and then they're 1-0 down at half time 
against UCD last night. Now, Colin, you're 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 in the, you're very well placed to tell us about <laughs> last night. He's got his head in his hands here, so this is like it's like counselling. He's also on a couch, so it's a bit like a therapist couch here. <laughs> you're telling them I should lay down. We've actually changed down. our studio this year. This is the thing people yeah. don't realise this. So the, our guests are on a couch. So <laughs> if people end up getting a bit more introspective, you know, it's because of the setting. You know, did the, the lads like light blue? The lot of light blue. It's actually sort of a, a soothing environment. But did the lads bottle at half time. You told them you're on the podcast this morning. You're like, don't yeah. let me down. You know, I can go on with a smile on my face. Not a chance. No, yeah. I thought I was really proud of the performance last night. He played really, really well. Um, we should have been more than one nil up at half time. Really? Yeah, yeah. Jay was clean through one on one. Connor Davis was clean through one on one, and those goals go in, and it's a completely different game. Well, like, did they have many chances for half, or did you? They had a few, but nothing outrageous. So. We like as far as I was concerned, we went in one nil up, fully deserved. And I, I'd like to see the stats when we get it, to see what the possession base was of it, because I, w- I would have thought we probably bossed most of the possession as well in the first half. Interesting. Now, they came out in the second half with an awful lot more urgency and 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 pinned us in. A couple of controversial moments in it. Penalty kick for one all. Is that one of them? Or no, no. One one minute before that, Chris Shields was already booked, and then he did a horrendous challenge in the middle of the park for me absolutely warranted a second yellow should have went um, why did we he get, get away it. with it because he was uh, on a second uh, yellow um, it's one of them probably yeah, on a second ye- yellow um, when you say horrendous like was it late or high or I, well I probably I wish I had my laptop I, c- I could show you um, yeah it was it was a bad ch- challenge it was a, c- a complete body check um, and then one minute later penalty and to me, there's not a chance it was a penalty. Scales his hands are tucked in here. He's gone to the side like that. It's hit him here on the side. And well, I hate when penalties are given for that. If that's if that's oh, indeed what happened, like, what are you going to do? Like, where can you? You yeah. can't move your arms anyway. They're tucked into yeah. him. He's complete. Like he's crossed his arms into his body. You sound like a lot of things are just going a little bit against you. At the it moment. is. It's and it's hard to take because the performance was so good. Like I can't fault the effort. I really can't. Um, you you played the dog obviously in the, in the FA Cup semi final last year. And it was McElhenney that day. Yeah. I assume Benson was involved in that game as well. Yeah. Preparing to play them dock without Benson and McElhenney now, are they, are they different? You know, uh, What was your assessment of them in terms of how you found them last night? I think with McElhenney and Benson, you get that extra little bit of magic that you can create something out of, of nothing. And I, I thought maybe Dundalk just lacked that a little bit. Um, Duffy was still good on one side and um, Cleary on the other off a... Or Dan Kelly was it? Dan Kelly, sorry, the other side was it? Oh, sorry, Dan yeah, Kelly, yeah, the other yeah. side. Um, yeah, so they, they offer them good, good width and they stretch you. And uh, um, the big difference between them and us is, you know, you can you can have Massey on the ball and f- 60 yards, you can go put her onto Kelly's toe to get running out of fullback. Like, there's, there's great quality there. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I do think they miss Benson an awful lot. Mm. So you, you think there's potential vulnerabilities there at Dundalk in the, in the coming weeks? You know they've they've had a slightly slow start. They've gone behind in all three games, which has sort of left them with jobs to do. But uh, you can see the character of the players last night. That uh, you could see that there was probably there could have been a bit of pressure on them being one 0 down at half time. Um, the crowd backed them. Yeah, I was going to ask you on that. Did the crowd get edgy or they? No, down? not really. No, the crowd the the crowd backed them and. The, um, you could see for the second half they were the better side, and um, they, they came out deserving winners probably in the end of it. But yeah, they 
they upped it. So they, they didn't buckle, they didn't bend to the Dun- pressure. Dundalk fan Jared Cunningham, he's, he's regularly on to us. He was, uh, he was praising Scales' performance last night. He said he looked very much a prospect. I think it was in the corresponding game, the Cup last season, that he kind of maybe came to a bit of prominence because he played well in that game as well. Yeah, he's... He's another one that have an awful lot of clubs being in touch. Including, the, including the Dundalk. Including Dundalk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, him, Faruga are probably the, the, the top two. Even, even Kieran's the, the, the goalkeeper, you know, get their attention. But it's just the nature of the beast. UCD come in, they do well, and other clubs can just offer them more money than well, we can to keep them. The namesake of one of my favourite defenders back in the day, John Scales from Liverpool. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was more successful at Wimbledon than Liverpool, really, wasn't he? He played a three at the back with Phil Babb. Yeah. They were signed pretty much... As I said, more, su- more successful at Wimbledon than Liverpool. Back in but, the uh, day, but... Um, but uh, but Bowes Rovers, I mean, a lot of people, it was probably the, the, the game of most interest last night, I guess, just the nature of it. And it's always... A, I mean, it's great that... I think <laughs> everyone's been going on for the last two weeks about how it's been sold out for a couple of weeks, and that is great, you know. But there's two ways of looking at that. Three and a half thousand. Lots, yeah, exactly. Like, a lot of be, there was, you know, lots of people could have gone to that game and they weren't able yeah. to go so I'm not sure there's part of celebrating a sellout and part of me is like well isn't it just frustrating that I think you could have had 6,000 at that game last night totally. honestly I did the and match for last night I never went to a sold out because 3,500 is a bad crowd for that game for me yeah. if the game were in Tala now the new Tala would be interesting to see what the crowd yeah, is yeah it would be it would be so but at the same time um, we, we got a good story out of it but you were talking to Shane Supple after the game so obviously Shane is a pundit with air sport now rather than a Bohemians player although I think at some point in this interview he throws in a reference to we so he's still sort of in oh, in, in, in Bo's mode before so. you hear it as well I, I don't know if you can kind of detect from his voice just this loss because he was like I'm, you could just tell that I want to be playing tonight this is my first Dublin derby since I came back and everyone was saying hello to him even after the game just after this interview I think uh, Buckley and him kind of had a warm embrace and it was like, there's just a small sense of, uh, I yeah. wish I was still there. Well, you sort of started off in that tone, didn't you? So we'll listen to it now. Super subs, do you, do you feel a little bit, uh, kind of mixed emotions being back here tonight in a night like this? Because it's not, like, it's, it must feel a bit strange, does it? It is, it's tough to watch that now, you know, but it's, it's great the results for the lads and delighted for them, you know. Got to see a few of them before the game and, um, again, carried on from last season, you know. So it's, it's great, great nights for the fans as well. You're, you seem to be getting a great reception from Bose fans and I suppose all, you're, you're even meeting old players as well and kind of giving them the high five. I know, it's, it's a family club, you know, and good people around the place and it's nice to come back and, you know, feel part of it still even though I'm not playing, you know, it could be difficult obviously watching but uh, they make me feel really welcome down here and I love coming down every chance I can get now. We'll talk about the game shortly but what are you actually up to? Uh, I'm working full time now uh, in a recruitment company in town the people group there so uh, based in Grand Canal Dock so that's me Monday to Monday to Friday in the real world Are you enjoying it? Yeah, loving it um, getting to know uh, how things work you know and um, being thrown in the deep end a little bit but learning on it as I go so now it's a great bunch of people in there as well I'm lucky enough you know, that they've, they've you know, given me the opportunity to take me on and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to you know, progressing in there as well and and moving up. Any true to the rumour that um, a lad was looking for a job in LOI Weekly in week one and uh, you might have helped him out? <laughs> uh, there may be a possibility there. You may, there may have been conversations <laughs> and uh, a little bit of help was given out there, you know. So that's what I said to any, any of the lads that are looking you know, for help or advice and anything, you know, CVs, work, what's, what's out there for them, you know. I am delighted to get anyone, any of the boys in from the league to, to help them out if I can because it's something that we all should be thinking about you know unfortunately in this league we're not going to make enough money to to sit back and relax after it so um, if lads need any help on that side of things you know I'd be delighted to help them
Keith Ward was probably the game changer tonight. I was talking to him in the off-season and he says that you could easily uh, have stayed playing, uh, that you didn't need to retire at all. I don't know why you said that, <laughs> to be honest, but uh, no, that was definitely not the case. I missed the little fella all right now. He's a, he's a great, great lad um, and great, great in the dressing room for, for Keith Long, you know, to have a, a character like that. And, you know, he's, I think he's lost a bit of timber this year as well now, so... Um, has he? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can't see from the stand there, but uh, no, he's a great fella already, you know, and uh, I miss, you, miss, you miss him in the dressing room, you know. You no know, regrets, though? No regrets, absolutely no. And Jesus Christ, no, it's been, it was a great time for me and playing here, I was, you know, so happy to be a part of this club and play some small part in it. Um, but no regrets, unfortunately. Just, yeah, just on the game to... On the game tonight, um, it, it was uh, it, it was it was it was a bit of the same old Shamrock Rovers in a way that they you know fairly mad sending off and then what looked a bit of a needless penalty as well. Yeah, I think looking at the game from where I was, it's it kind of developed as much as it did last year. The games I think against them and after the initial 10-15 minutes pressure, maybe balls kind of settled in. The younger boys settled into the game and um, they they control it. I think you know. Um, they are maybe a bit more mature, even though they're, they're young lads, and um, they they, they, don't, they stuck they stuck together as they've always done, you know. And um, maybe could have got another one. On, obviously, after going down to ten men, then it's a it's maybe slightly easier. Although Rovers put a little bit of pressure on towards the end, but again, I think Bows were were comfortable enough. Who do you like in the Bows team? I was actually um, looking at Levenston there tonight, and um, War, uh, Wade Slater as well. The two boys, you know, seem to be coming on and, and James Finetti as well has really impressed me since he's, he's come in it's not easy young lad centre half in this league and the, the two games I've seen him in he, he's been excellent and he looks like definitely another one for the future another one that Keith has, has unearthed from somewhere well that's the mad thing they lost three centre backs in the off season and they've kept three clean sheets out of three so far uh, which I think is fair going yeah <laughs> I don't think I managed to keep three clean sheets on their own I was here but no it's great it's great for them it'll give them great confidence and, and Rob Cornwall as well actually you must mention him he looks to have really, you know, grown up and taken on the responsibility left, from, you know, from me and Morris leaving and, you know, some of the other senior players that have moved on. So he looks really like he's he stepped up and he's comfortable in that role. And, and that's what Bowes needed this year is those kind of lads, the likes of himself and keep Buckley to step up and take those leadership roles now uh, and kick on. Yeah, just Keith Ward tonight as well. To, 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 you got to mention him. Uh, obviously, he went out with the penalty, but uh, he was that creative spark in the second half as well. Yeah, he is. Like, Ward, he loves this place, and you know he he has that relationship as well with Danny Corcoran. And you, you know, Ward, he's enjoying it out there. You can see it in in, in him. He's these little black back heels and flicks and stuff like that. And again, another knife from you know he's he, he's a massive part of this club, and uh, I'm delighted you know that he's he stayed here and. He can kick on now again this season and hopefully have another good year for himself. Just you mentioned the players that have come in. They brought on Kirk as well in the second half. They brought on Regba late on. Um, for, for a team that doesn't have the biggest budget in the world, or allegedly doesn't have the yeah. biggest budget anyway, there's a fair bit of depth to this whole squad actually. There is, and I think as well, because a lot of them lads have been training with the, with the first team for a long time as well, um, the 19th train beside the first team, so these lads have exposure to that as well and they're training week in, week out with the guys. So when they come in, you know, they, they slot in nicely. And we've probably got four of the best full-backs in the country, you know, at the moment between Paddy Kirk, Daryl Lee, Derek Pender and Andy Lyons as well. Another young guy coming through. So, you know, there's a there's a depth of uh, of talent there for Keith. And, and obviously it's great to see Ali back as well, you know, and hopefully we I think we have him for a, a few months and he'd be a massive asset because he can't be t- dependent on Dinny all the time. And 
um, for Ali to step up and take a bit of pressure maybe off Dini sometimes it would be nice as well Last question how far can Bowles go this season? Who knows after that you know again you'll be a bit sceptical you know, in the off season and with players leaving, certain young lads coming back in, and will they fit in? Will they take to the league? And so far, it's been great. This was the test for them tonight, and they, and they've passed that mastery, and that will give them great confidence going forward. So, who knows, really? You know, um, I'm looking forward to now as, as things develop. We get into the summer months, and you know, we're top of the league at the moment. So, happy days. And you're putting the you in recruitment anyway with your, uh, you know, your hands-on approach. Ah, yeah, absolutely. It's all about the people, you know. It's the biggest thing. People's club. <laughs> People's club. <laughs> people first. Cheers, so we'll see you on the podcast soon yeah, this season. Yeah, please God, yeah. Top man. Thanks. Top oh, man. Good. Fucking yeah. ball to him now. It was cold then, John, it's, was it? That's a, that's a first world it, problem. It, on the, on a day that was 20 degrees was recorded it's, in England, I was calling it ball. Yeah, day. exactly. You, you were talking earlier about how you weren't even wearing a jacket. And now, you, I mean, is that just like typical post-interview chat? You know, that's an insight into like the oh yeah, cheers, top man, Shane. Yeah, jeez, Baltic, isn't it? Yeah, like, you I think know, there was another word as well. Did you? Well, I mean, I know there was. We uh, just people just heard the word. Yeah. You know, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we blanked it out. So, um, I mean, uh, it, it was it, cold at the end. It, it was, was it really? I don't think it was a perfect night for football though. And uh, the game the, was oh, like to it, send it off, Dan. This is what changed the game. I I thought Ro- Rovers have like they're playing with. 23 number 10s in the team at the moment right <laughs> but they, they're they're very like they're they're very pretty to watch and all that but I did feel they were the better team I thought Jack Borum was the best player in the pitch and he was taken off at half time because of the red card well, he, was a, he was the, the false I, he, nine he was the fa- uh, I, I, I felt sorry for him I didn't really see the logic in taking him off but obviously Stephen Bradley thought that Carr could hold up the ball better I guess yeah well it wasn't it wasn't I think Carr had to come in someone like that had to come in it was more a case of who was sacrificed from midfield now you know so you had a decision between why did he have to come in though yeah the de- Oh, I think they needed a, an outlet up front. I don't think. That, Why I mean, is Jack Byrne not an outlet though? As a through the middle, no, nah. because he can hold up the ball. Like nah, Car nah. was running, but nah. he wasn't. He wasn't I, actually. And in, in the Daily Mount Derby Rovers, I don't think you're going to play without that striker with ten for the second half. I don't think he could have done that. I don't think it's realistic to. Would you have taken off Jack Byrne? I I think it was a decision between Jack Byrne and Watts, and I think you know Watts then had an injury problem, which meant that he was taken off afterwards anyway almost although he didn't seem very happy when he came off for he didn't quite do a, a kappa on it but uh <laughs> but uh ronan finn was ronan finn was brought in but but um and now they had to make the change I mean, it, it's, it's unfortunate for burn i suppose they can they've got the dock on friday i mean they, they obviously are managing their players and just on I, that, I think it's an, three it's an, changes it, and they changed the three five two well yeah the, and ethan boyle went off injured as well and so it was a costly night for them in a couple of areas they brought obviously greg bulger in um Sort of to replace Finn, albeit they change things around a bit. But it's an anticipation that the like the Bowes Rovers games have been battles. Like the games in Daily Mint in particular last year, the two games in Daily Mint last year were horrible games. So I think you you make, I think they probably made decisions to try and factor in the way that the game might go. Um, they did start quite well. I have to say, I thought before the sending off, I thought Bowes had actually got to grips with Rovers. I think Rovers were the better team initially, but actually Bowes sort of grew into the game. I thought they were like the, the, the old sort of dogs of war, like Pender and, and Buckley, and that they just settled into the game. And the younger lads who maybe were slow at starts, like the Wade Slater and Mondreo, like they okay, they were in and out of the game a bit, but it's their first derby, so you're gonna, it's gonna be. You know, there's there's going to be sort of discomfort. So, like the bottom line for Rovers is they still lost the match. Now I've watched the replay of the sending off. I think it's I think it's harsh. I got the impression that that sort of that 
I think even some Bowes players sort of admitted as much that it probably wasn't. But a, how does the fourth a official like the fourth so official has to be one hundred percent sure? Yeah, well, the fourth official deemed that it was Rob Rogers, the fourth official, yeah. and he made the decision. Rob Harvey had a yellow, and Rogers, cha- you know, made was very adamant that it was a red. I mean, I people maybe haven't seen his green miscontrols the ball. He takes the ball in his chest, and it's one of those where the ball is running away from him. So he's running to retrieve a ball and. I, I, I could see how, maybe in slow motion, I could see how it could actually look particularly bad. But, I mean, you actually look to take a bit of the ball. To me, it's a yellow, but I know the, I mean, you had a, a, an incident in, in Dundalk last year with Daniel Cleary, you know, and, and like. I think that was a red. Yeah, and, and, and that was a, that was, pull it this, that was much worse. That was a, that was a jail term. That was, that was much, term. well, it was, it was yeah. worse than, than this, you know, so I can see why Rovers would be aggrieved. Um, what about the but, penalty? The penalty, I think that was soft enough too. But his experience, mm-hmm. I think, I think Rovers. I mean, Keith Ward uses experience to get it. I mean, Ronan Finn sort of. You'd be surprised if Finn didn't anticipate what was initially. What was coming. I was, I was kind of but, saying like, "What are you doing?" The most stupid tackle, and then I was, I was, I was a bit, bit of sympathy for him because I think Keith Ward bought it a little bit. He bought it, but I need to, um, see, I need to see that one back. But it, but, but in, it, Ro, Ro, Rovers. Rovers have a have a lot about them this season in terms of the the players that they have, um, but they lost the bows again. They've lost again. It, yeah. That's just like it's five defeats and one draw in their last six league games against Shamrock, against Bowes, who are obviously a lot less funded in terms of budget and all that. What would you say, Colly? I suppose we, you're a Rovers fan. It's probably a hard one to take, um, but I I do think Rovers come the end of the season will be the one that'll be there or thereabouts, and not Bowes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you played Bowes on Friday night. You were shown, um, this just kind of slightly brings us into what we were talking about earlier as well, because you were shown the the patterns of, of the goalkeeper's distribution, your goalkeeper, and obviously Talbot as well. And just, can you explain this technology It's that, that everyone is using seemingly now within the league? It's probably, the, it's the brainchild of uh, Jared Dunn within the FEI. He's the, the main analyst in there. And, um, Jared Dunn. Yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's the he's the senior team he's analyst. Senior team. Now. Yeah. he was on the pro badge with us, yeah. and when we went to to Belgium, um, the the main league in, in Belgium, what they do is they have access to all teams' video footage and all the breakdown of the full analysis of of every team. So it's a level playing field for everybody. So they get this exact same information in. So, in fairness to Jer and the FEI, they implemented it this year. This so is the first season, is it? This is the fourth season over for the for the Premier Division. So in our preparation for Dundalk, um, I can have access to the the two previous league games, and you get I can get a f- big forty page report on the breakdown of all their analysis of every pass made, shot made, all linked with videos. So it's it's so does it? So you can click. You can click on a. You showed us, for example, the, the example that Johnny mentioned, like a goalkeeper's distribution. You know, so yep. all the kicks. So you see, obviously, people might have seen this. Some people who listen to this will be very familiar with this. Maybe other people may not. But you see, sort of the the the, the flight path as such of of these. You can then click on an individual one and watch a video of it. Yeah, even if if let's say I'm analysing Gary O'Neill for us. And I click on, I want to see all his passes made last night. And it shows me all the dots all over the, the pitch. I can click on any one of those dots and it will show you the 10 second video of that actual pass that was made. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I, and it has to yeah. be uploaded. You say that the, the clubs have a certain responsibility for uploading this footage, you were saying. So. Yeah, the, the home, home team have to get it up more or less straight away. The away team um, have until the following day to, to get it up. 
and it's it's a kind of we're trying to get everybody to to buy into it and make sure that you you get your footage up. If yeah. you don't, if you blank out and you don't upload your footage, well then you'll you'll be cut from the system from being able to view the analysis. Because right. it's a centralized database, I and mean, it just yeah. strikes me that when we get into this mad, I mean, we, it's early days, but the, the fixture level jam is coming. That, I mean, as a coach, as a manager, and you've touched on it a small bit earlier. Like sometimes there's a very limited time frame between games, so I'm guessing this is essential. I'm thinking even if the home team has to have it up by midnight, that. You, you can actually watch footage the following morning or you, is, you yeah, do a couple you, of late nights you, or, you know. Yeah, you get to it straight away, but you can also read too much into it at times. Like I probably spent about six hours on Saturday just going through additional stuff, but I think you can just get too much right. bedded into it. I think you just take the main points out of it that you need. On, on that as well, I remember when Dublin lost in All-Ireland Final uh, f- probably 20, 25 years ago now, Apparently, the manager at the time said before the game to the players, just remember now, every ta- time you hit the ball wide, it's going to be it's live on TV in front of everyone. And that particular day, Dublin were quite um, paranoid about actually taking shots on goal. Is there any concern with this, that football, the footballers in your team now, they know there's so much scrutiny on them, like, well, I'm not going to give away the ball here because otherwise yeah, pro- it'll be recorded on the... <laughs> Probably, yeah. One of the things that came out of it was, uh, I think, Gary against uh, Derry. Why did uh, Gary uh, O'Neill come straight to my mind when I said he, that? Because he had 100% pass completion. That's that's no good. <laughs> then you're passing it too safe, you know. But he didn't know. Obviously, that this was going to be was, was going to be done. So then nobody he, wants 100 percent. <laughs> like unless you're maybe the goal. Yeah, where, where did the passes go though? <laughs> this is the question. No, they were uh, forward. Like, uh, it's where I break down then which ones are going side, which ones are going back, which ones are going forward, which ones are short, which ones are long. So it gives you the breakdown of all of it. But you had 100 percent pass completion. If this, if this Steve, Steve around, O'Donnell, like, uh, you're, I gave you Neil Horgan's book. Was it Stephen O'Donnell was known as Stevie Sideways? Stevie Sideways, yeah. But now you can statistically prove if someone was, you know, a sideways, a sideways merchant or I not. Me- you know, I remember uh, I was talking to Mark Oster about this when Keith Ward was playing with O'Donnell at uh, at Bowes. O- O'Donnell would be going crazy in in, in matches. Cause no, at Dundalk. It was the Dundalk. O'Donnell. Oh, sorry, yeah, at Dundalk, and because of Ward's just you know that off the cuff stuff, yeah. and war- after a particular pass, Ward's comment would be, "If I have a one percent chance of making that pass, I'm going to give it a go." And like last night, he was just a different stand. That that genius that he has he set up um, the penalty he set up a brilliant chance before that he was also fouled for the red card he was involved fouled for the red card he was involved in everything uh, he's um, just such a likeable player and, yeah. uh, well, well, well with the man extra he was able to sort of drift around and, and get in the ball and, Bows and are so top on. of the table three, they, they lost three centre backs in the off season and they haven't conceded a goal nope they've done, um, they've done it right um, Golly, just in terms of, I'm trying to think of like the analysis team when when you started off in in management or in the in the the coaching business, you would have worked under Keeley. Uh, what level of stuff would you have been doing then to prepare for games or with the staff? Like how I mean, compared to now, like you know what was available to you? How would you prepare? Were you, for no, you, were you crawling around like Bielsa's man in a hedge? <laughs> I, I think we might have a we might have a story about this because no, when we had no, when, not no, talking I, about I think you tweeted about it, Collie. So you can't. Actually... I deleted it. It's gone. Oh really? It never happened. Oh oh okay. <laughs> anyway, what happened anyway? <laughs> You well, no, back then, yeah, you, you would have had a, you would have had the game recorded. It would have been given to you on a on a DVD at the end of it, and then I would have broke down some bits, and Keely would have said to me, "I don't want that shit. <laughs> I don't care. You go talk to them." <laughs> <laughs> so he'd leave the room, and I'd, I'd do the video analysis with, with, with the, the players. players, with the players, yeah. And and and, and so his style would just be to, co- lead he, you to he, that? yeah, he he would do it. 
his way. In fairness, his way was always the best way. That's probably he a good mix way, and match that's why as well. It's a good mix yeah, and match. Yeah, we, we had a good, we had a good mix. Yeah. Is, it, is that an amazing learning experience? I know you've spoken so many times about Dermot's genius, you know, but... Uh, I had the I, I, yeah I've, I've said it a hundred times before I probably had the best education in 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 football in working for Keely first of all and then also working with Martin Russell and two complete conflicting <laughs> style of plays and then to take the the good points or the bad points out of both and develop your own stuff. You're left with Collie O'Neill. Exactly. Yeah. So we cannot discuss any previous scouting missions to watch a team in action. In preparation for a game, I was just completely unknown. I stood there at the side of the pitch watching the training session. Out in the AUL. Yeah. And that was it. No one stopped you. No one knew who the hell I was. Well, they said they haven't done enough analysis on the, <laughs> on the, on the, on the, on the coaching I wasn't staff. even hiding. I was just standing there watching it. What, what was your take on the Bielsa this, so this was today. This was the playoff game in 2005. 2005. Long, long, 2005. Long, long, long. People yeah, around, 2005. Shamrock Rovers, Dublin City, for people ah, who aren't aware. So he, I mean, this is like 14 years ago, John. <laughs> That's this insane. Scouting training isn't a new phenomenon, you know? You don't look old enough to have been managing 14 years ago, even at the, as, a, as an assistant or whatever. Anyway. Um, in the game a long time what the Bielsa thing perfectly kosher in your eyes or well I mean he's just <laughs> why not it's a little bit I don't know it's a little bit more um, I don't know the, well, the then Bielsa one okay, was Johnny okay, just okay. tell us what you're no, thinking Johnny. no no okay you I, bre- I have no you, problem okay you, you break it down alright you're talking about Finn Harps bringing a pitch down mm. you're looking for every age you're trying to get to win a game I have no problem with it at all so uh, whatever age it is whether it's extra analysis, extra training sessions, bringing a pitch in, spying on someone else's training session, I think. I, I just want to throw one more thing at you. Just that stats thing, I'm, 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 I'm really fascinated by it. Like, can you imagine a, a website of data that has all this together, that has collates all these stats for everyone to, to look at? Is that going to happen? Do you think where it you is. can basically you have, you have yeah, stats it, it, on it was, like going almost like an American model already. where it's yeah, it, yeah. It, it does exist. It does exist. So we, we, so we could be near like an American model where everything is forensically analyzed. Yeah, and you can it's, say it's, it's who's the most accurate pass in the league of it's Ireland. There, John. It's yeah. there. What's the website? <laughs> It's there. Insta tweeted it. The guys from Insta actually sent it. This is all news to me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you, you, I'll do you send imagine, it on to you. Do you we'll, imagine we'll some, after this, It's sorry. almost like we've met it happen across <laughs> the show. Do you think some website could exist, some magical place? It already exists, John. Okay. I, I think it's news to a lot of people now. Yeah, maybe we should come up with another website called Book of Faces. Book we of could call it Facebook. Oh, well. <laughs> Jesus, if only... Johnny, if uh, only this only. could exist. Jo- uh, Johnny, it's good that you're learning stuff on your own show. It's I great. Didn't, I, I didn't know this. I did not know. I, I, I remember Shane Keegan did a lot of that in your stuff. Old, you exist in your I, own I, I don't. Nobody else has discussed this with me, this like real, like really, really hardcore stats. Well, that's, that, that's a reflection of who you'd speak to. Um, you're just talking about horses the whole time. and Lots of horsey chat. Um, I suppose the rest of last night, yeah. That's, I guess we have our analysis of... The, God, we spoke a bit earlier. Yeah. The... The Premier Division challenge for your players. Um, are are you are you sort of facing the reality that there's going to be throughout the season talk about speculation about clubs looking at your younger lads, and how do you insulate them from that chat? That's that's normal. That's not just this year. That's every year that happens. Yeah, like every single one of the players that that play for UCD are well able to not just go to another club but actually be a, a starting lineup of most Premier Division clubs. It's like I'm I am very, very fortunate I've said it several times before, I'm very, very fortunate and lucky to have the current set of players that 
that I have. It's mm. nothing to do with me. I'm just, I'm just lucky to have the bunch that I have. It's a good bunch. It's a Be- really, really good bunch. Because I think when your team was thriving last year, when people talk about a very good UCD side, they, they often refer back to that team that had sort of McMillan, Andy Boyle, Finn, Finn yeah. a, a younger Benson coming, it was a bit later, yeah. but you can sort of list off a number of Paul Curry and there was a lot of other players involved in that time. When you see the likes of Dara O'Connor and Sloggett, the, the couple that did leave, go straight to other Premier clubs and become the, the Irish Messi as, yeah. as Pat Dolan as Chris and Dara O'Connor. Uh, I mean, do you take some kind of pride in it or is there a natural frustration? Jeez, I'd love to have oh, these lads with me. I've, we've always said that in UCD during the years. Wouldn't it be great if you could could have kept them all? Mm. How, how good could the club have been if you were able to keep them all for a couple of years? Well, it'll be the same. You'll see Gary move on and be a, a winning captain lift, lifting Premier Division titles for, an, for another club. Scales, Josh Collins, Timmy, Faruga, Connor Davis, does all of them. All of them can, can go on and play with other sides. What's mm. your keeper's name again? Connor Cairns. You know, you're a fan of him? Absolutely. Mm. Is, is, is kicking is one of the best of, I've seen in the Premier Division. He's the... Uh, Scored an overhead kicker course back in the that's day. That's right, yeah. For the yeah, under-19s. Yeah. 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 He's the... Um, what's the Dublin keeper again? That's his, his distribution is like... Stephen Cluxton is Cluxton, it? He's the Cluxton yeah. of the league, is he? <laughs> Well, it's not that it's... You're okay it, this morning, John. <laughs> too early, Dan. Yeah, you're really struggling uh, here. It's, it's his attitude as well. Straight away at the end of the game, he'll want to know what he could have done better. He'll meet with the goalkeeping coach today, go through the match analysis of his own bits of areas for improvement. What age uh, is he? He's, he's only 20. Mm. So he's, it's, it's the attitude. And it's, it's the same with all the players within in the club. The attitude is absolutely spot on. Yeah, I know. I know you've you're obviously drawn a blank, but you've got to take a lot of positives from the start as well. Yeah, we've such a tough start. Our performance in Bowes was better than Derry. Our performance last night was better than than Bowes. Um, even particularly the first half last night was better than our semi final performance in in Dundalk. So the performances have been good. It's just trying to keep them positive and looking to add to it week after week and eventually the wins will start coming. We've, we've spoken about Pats in terms of, we've both seen them play this season, they've been, um, well, I don't think Forrester is miles off the pace at the moment, so like they, they've been playing a pretty unattractive brand of football so far, whether by design or not, but how do you cope with them at home on Friday night? You showed the Bows, uh, <laughs> the Bows graph was a little yeah. bit, they were direct from the back, but yeah. you know, you're playing Pats now. and um, but The question has to be, how are they going to cope with us? Mm. Well, that's fair enough. Like, no, it's absolutely it. fair enough. And and that's the way we kind of deal with our games. So if if they're playing with wing-backs and, and three, we'll probably go a little bit of width and attack in those areas. Mm. So how are they going to deal with us? That's it. As, as Paul Keegan said here at the start, how UCD beat Waterford at the bowl last year, they just they, they you spread the game yeah. and they're diamond. You knew how to deal with it and you, you, did, you did the business. Oh, we'll have, we'll have a game plan. We'll yeah. Have, yeah. They're not going to tell us here, John. It might be no. on that website if you go and find it. But you know, you can, <laughs> what's you can, the difference on having what? So you have four days now to prepare. Um, it, it, I was I was actually thinking this last night because I remember when Trevor Qualley was on last season. He was really giving out about the fact that these quick turnarounds meant that we can't really prepare for Shamrock Rovers because we can't do end on the training ground. But you, at least you have four days here to, to to analyze all your data and come up with a plan against Pats. Yeah, so they'll kind of do a, a gym session today as a, as a warm down, and we'll be back on the pitch again on on Wednesday to try and put improvements from Dundalk to bed and then also look towards the Pats game to our, our shape and our pattern and, and the plan that we're going to implement. Our goal is going to be probably this season. 
Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I forget you lost Georgie Kelly as well. Like, um, um, eventually with our style of play, I think uh, we kind of open teams up, and eventually the chances will come. Like we we went to the home of the the double champions last night, and we had three clear cut chances in the first half. Mm. We only took one of them. Our problem's going to be. We're not probably ruthless enough at the moment of converting the chances that we do create. Early days, then. Yeah, of course it's early days. I mean, and a lot of the players is their first Premier Division campaign yeah. as well. So, well, Evan Ozam had more Premier Division caps. Or Stop using the word caps. Caps appearances than the rest of the team Jeez. put together, and he's obviously yeah. injured. Yes. Yeah, I think he had three appearances in the Premier Division. That was for for Rovers, would it have been? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cork City Derry on Friday night as well, oh, Dan. Sure. Yeah, Cork Derry. Um, I don't know. I, 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 you're trying to get a handle on how good a win was that for Cork and Sligo last because you mentioned Sligo are certain. I mean, Pearl Johnny Dunleavy picked up an injury as well on Friday. So, like, it is a very. I think they were missing Coughlin and Murray last it's night. Below, as well. It's a below par Sligo Rovers at this stage. And yeah, I mean, Derry, we've, we've spoken earlier about the sort of the, the quality players that Derry have. And, you know, you, you could see them going down to Cork and. and I'm actually interested to see what the crowd is on Friday in Turner's Cross, I have to say, because I mean, we're talking about good crowds everywhere around the league, and often we've relied a bit on Cork the last few years, but even though there was like four and a bit thousand at the Waterford game, or I think the corresponding game the previous year might have had six or something, and I mean, Cork, I mean, they are a very well-supported club, but they're also particularly fickle. I mean, every club is fickle. The, 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 the grades in Cork, it's just the, the, the numbers, the volume is dramatic. Like, you can, it can, they can go up by thousands and they can go down by thousands in one go. And if the mood around the club becomes a bit negative, then all of a sudden the crowd... Well, it already down. has, yeah. Yeah, and you can, see, you can see actually then visiting teams rather than dreading going there, almost Relish relishing it. going there to some degree. Um, Barry McNamee's going to relish this. Yeah, um, I, I, I'd, I'd give Derry half a chance in this game. I have to say, but um, I don't know. I mean, your players obviously are used to going to away grounds and being outnumbered, Collie, in terms of home support or to home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, sorry, that is <laughs> yeah. that is going to be true this season, unfortunately. But can you see the appeal to say if you're a team that maybe likes to play decent football that you can go to a ground and just keep the ball and. You know that that naturally can remove some of the the the, the it, crowd it, it, value out of the equation. It's something we always mention in when we're going to grounds with big crowds. Let's all in the crowd. Let's keep the football. Yeah. And we did it. I suppose Dundalk in the semi final. Um, those long periods of that where the Oriel Park crowd was solid. Yeah, and your and your philosophy is to do it that way rather than the the two banks of five way, which is another way of silencing the crowd, but to the point where the crowd want to. It is, but well, I'm 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 playing to the the players that we have. Yeah, um, I told them to do two banks of five and then just sit at the edge of a 18-yard box and kick along. They wouldn't do it. Yeah, They wouldn't do it, as in they'd ignore you or they just... Yeah, they wouldn't do it. It's not do in their that, philosophy. It's not, it's not, yeah. yeah. Players these days want to play. Let them play. Shamrock Rovers and Dalk on Friday is obviously a really, it's a really... It's a really interesting game. I mean, actually, in the strange way, I was thinking about this one, that a draw wouldn't be a disaster for either, for either clubs them, yeah. at, at this stage. It's the game that, that neither of them <laughs> wants to lose. What just the crowd be? I think it could be pretty good, yeah. I think it should be pretty good. The I stand mean, looks great behind the goal. It does, it? yeah. No, the, 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 the different side of that is a lot of people taking people who take pictures from like the press box and the stand at Rovers are going to have like a lot of emptiness across yeah. from them, although I, I'd imagine there'd be very good travelling support on uh, on Friday. But it looks great behind the goal. Um, I don't think the result on Monday is, is, you know, the result last night is going to affect, you know, Rovers crowd in any way. I think the fact that it's done Dalcombe with the town, it's a great test. You'd imagine, you know, that that 
compared to say Dundalk going to Finn Harps actually Tala will suit them a lot more in terms of sort of footballing wise as much as Rovers actually competed you know they, they, they've been very physical and been able to match Dundalk in some ways in the games they did get picked apart 5-2 by them last year here in what was a really open entertaining game but you know for Rovers it was a disaster but I'm really looking forward to it just because I think that it's, a, it's an opportunity to see where Dundalk are at um, relative to a Rovers side have they have they improved like I don't know who's the most likely league winner for you Collie is it still Dundalk or are you I think it'd be Dundalk and Rovers between the two of them you think so yeah yeah. yeah. so this is a this game here is, is it, it sells itself I guess it is I think it will be the top two at the at the end of the season mm. I would tend to agree with that yeah. in whatever so, order so we'll see I mean we'll see what way Rovers will they bring Ronan Finn back in like, I think they do have the options to make mix things up a fair bit. I mean, they played Sean Kavanagh who was in last week on the left of a back three last night because, I mean, how to fit in Kavanagh and Trevor Clark was one of the questions that they faced because they're two very good players. Clark was quiet last night. Yeah, well, I, th- I think they'll, 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 they'll switch things around and that's a challenge. Like, that rotation can be a, a challenge to get the balance yeah. right. It's not easy to t- tell your captain, Finn, that he's, he's not, not playing, you know? And okay. I, know, I know we had him on last week, but I don't know if there's a better left foot in the league than Sean Kavanagh. His ability to put in a cross from all sorts of positions and his ability just to keep the ball when he pings it at you. He's a fantastic left foot. I really, really admired him last night as a player. I was like, this lad is proper, proper player. Yeah. Now he, and playing left to centre back as well, yeah. which is obviously, as you mentioned. From the, I think the dog thing was interesting. I mean, the Jordan Flores, who started last night, was taken off before half time. I don't think he... What happened there, Colliex? <laughs> was just tactical? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, tactically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> listen, he's a he's an he's an opposing Jamie manager who's sitting here. Um, I wasn't looking at him. I don't yeah, know what he, he did right or job. did wrong. I don't think he was madly happy about being taken off. But there's, there's before half time, which is ballsy. I mean, that can go it's badly bit, wrong. You know, humiliating. But um, there's obviously question marks over his fitness. They brought in McGrath, which I think, you know. Uh, McGrath's maybe a bit forgotten sometimes, obviously, with you know when McElhenney came in last year, but McGrath in the first half of last season was hugely important for them. So, um, but they're still missing Benson, and they like you know, you know, Rovers are sort of strong in that in that central area, and we'll see what way Dundalk go on Friday. Will it be Shields, Sean Murray, and Jamie McGrath with sort of Duffy on one side and? What Mountaineer Daniel Kelly on the other side? We'll see. I mean, I think the the the, the personnel wise will be fairly interesting to see what we go with it. But I hope it'll be a good game. Yeah. I think generally the, the pitch there should be okay so far. Like yeah, it's but it's early season. Like mm. it's, I, I mean, I know we're talking about Pats there in negative terms, but it is also a lot of new players and and there's a certain degree of adjusting to it so like sometimes we can go mad like we're almost too sensitive to a couple of bad games we're very insecure what what does this say about the league I mean what it says is well no you're the one that's going on about it too much other people aren't like it's early days in the season like you can't sort of think oh wasn't it a game last night oh this is very disappointing like it's it's early days, you know, but I hope this game. I hope this game isn't crap. I mean, that, that no, I, it's not going to. I, I think this this should have something. The about game, it. the game, this game last season, which was the nil all, was pretty scrappy. Like, but I, I don't know. This is going to be a good game. Finn Harps Sligo, big derby game as well. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I mean, that's I, I heard Harps that, already. Or sorry, these two sides. It looks fairly, fairly likely are definitely going to be down there on on early evidence. Yeah. Well, I mean. What is down there? I mean, like, the, the, I'd fear for Sligo to be honest at the moment. 
Really? I would have bit, yeah, because I'm, I think UCD are going to improve. Harps are competitive. Who else? Yeah, but yeah, Sligo will improve when they get yeah, their they should better do, players yeah. back. You know, they will improve when they get their better players I'm just, back. But who else is going to be down there? This is a the problem. Well, I mean, this is the thing of a 10-team league. I mean, down there, you're talking about down there. I mean, th- there may not be a, a massive point spread between, you know, those positions. You'd imagine after a period of time, and what happens is when you get to May in that fixture logjam, the full-time sides and the clubs that can turn things around, they just naturally pull away because they're well able to deal with that in a way that, like, teams, the part-time sides will just lose games at times because of, because yeah. of preparation. They'll have to not write games off because you wouldn't do that, but you're just going to, it's going to catch up on you, Collie, effectively. Yeah, yeah or us doing exams. We always have the May slump. We'll, yeah. we won't win a game in May. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be some games, you would, you would never write off a game, but there are matches where you're going to have to you know, you just know that yeah. the timing has played a factor in, in in how things have gone. You know, and, and we don't have the squad to compete with it. So yeah, that's to deal with it. Tough. So that's gonna that's how the, the order stands. And I mean, you you would just think that Sligo, as a full time club, when they get their players back, they'll be they they should be able to handle that better. I mean, Harps are doing very well now, but I think Harps will. I think naturally over time they'll just find it a bit harder. Watford, um, it doesn't get any easier for Bowes. So, anyway, so Harp Sligo, I think, is a very difficult game to call. You yeah. are right. I mean, I did listen to the Sligo Rovers interview, the official interview on their sort of SoundCloud after the game last night with Liam Buckley, almost pitching this game on Friday as a big one already. So, mm. I mean, uh, they're clearly in that mode and they, they do have some players. But I mean, they, they, they could easily have, they could have nicked it against Pats last week either and you're having a different discussion. Oh, about absolutely. It, you know, so you can, you can, you can go mad sort Watford of. Watford Bowes should be. Uh, um, yeah, that's a that's a really good game. That actually. both have both brought a massive support to Belfield, which I thought was like uh, it just showed, this club's in a really good place. The good vibes around Bowes at mm, the moment, top are. of the table, and, and they're not expecting goal. to win the league either. Mm. That's the thing, you know. I was watching them last night. I was how far can this team go this season? Like they've a top four chance. Looking at them, like I, I still think though, for the for on the se- on the previous discussion that we're having, that and they actually have a deep enough squad. They have a lot of numbers, but. The young lads come in. They I brought just, on Kirk for um, Leahy last night. Yeah. Uh, Regba came on. Well, Regba's um, going to go in the summer. Yeah. You know, so, like, we're working with Brendan Rodgers at Leicester, but <laughs> by the looks mm. of it now, Brendan Rodgers is going to get that job. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's left Celtic, yeah. yeah I didn't so, see, there you are. So, um, but I think Bowes, I think I, as much as Bowes have started very well, I think that they will find it a bit harder too when it gets to, you know, they'll have a Monday night away somewhere. And I. But I'm looking forward to seeing it in Waterford. That's an interesting game because Waterford, defeat, they qualified for Europe last year. Are they still a top four team or are they going to drop off because of the fact that they didn't build and you know they didn't, they didn't keep the same core? They're almost starting again to some degree. Instead of Bastian Harry and Shane mm. Duggan and players who know the league very well. I don't, know what make, I don't know how what you make of Waterford. You have, I don't know if you haven't played them yet, so I don't know if you had a chance to see them, Collie. You're, you're no, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. I do enough analysis. I haven't. They're, they're I haven't not, they're, they're, they're not coming to you yet, so no. you haven't had the, the no, chance. No, not in my pipeline yet. Do you ever skive in the day job just so you can spend six hours looking at stats and UCD? Never. Too Never. busy in the day job. Yeah. Don't really day job is people are li- what is your day job Kyle? just to be clear people yeah, I work in Microsoft Microsoft yeah, yeah. So. working for a horrible multinational taking over the world <laughs> paying no corporate one of the tax. best companies in the world to work unbelievable for. office out in Leopardstown there so there you go yeah. uh, let's talk first division because we are division. running out of time yeah I was at uh, Terryland oh, last geez, week yeah. um, an unbelievable game Galway 2 Shells 3 uh, at Lone off to a great start against Wexford 1-4-2 Wexford down to 10 men very early Cabinteely, uh, nil, Bray, three. Real signal of intent from Bray in that kind of derby game. Limerick, nil, Longford, nil. Draw had a four, Cove, nil. I just want to talk about this briefly because um, Stephen Henderson tweeted, five and a half hours in a bus that broke down three times on the way to the game. Ten minutes to warn players up after the trek. 
uh, Drogs battered us. Very good side. The treatment of my players was disgusting, irrespective if he won the game or not. <laughs> Broke down again now in Dublin. Poxy day. They definitely want to get the bus sorted out. I and mean, it's four breakdowns in uh, in, in it's one like day. going to Dundalk back in 93 <laughs> when they were going to try and win the league. And then the bus broke down several times and they got to Oriel bit late and they, they lost and didn't win the league very briefly there's a bit of a welfare issue here for your players um, I, Actually, I, I think it's unfair yeah it's completely unfair in um, terms of the, the game should have been delayed yeah, that been your we, view. We, yeah. we were caught in a multi-pile up on the motorway on the way to Cove last year we got down there and we were told you have one hour before the, we'll delay the kick off one mm. hour so our players after a long journey were able to warm up properly and, and go play a game how are players meant to be after travelling five hours to get to United Park and told you have 10 minutes to warm up and go perform. What kind of elite level is that? Yeah, I think That's, it's very it's unfair. unfair. On it's gotta be, it's got to be a standard. Everything. There's got to be a rule. Whatever time the bus arrives at the ground, you have X amount of minutes. So at least the team can prepare properly. I, I saw the goals from this game. There are some really good goals from Drada. They played great football. Galway United Shells, possibly the goal of the season from Collie Kelly on his bad foot after first about five division. minutes. Sorry, in the first division, yeah. Because there's been better goals. Um, his dad right? actually played for Galway United. Um, his dad of the same name played for, play for Go United. Very, very highly regarded kid, Dan. He looks like the next Ryan Manning if there is one in Galway. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. But Shell's still got it done. Shell's got Collie, it done. Collie, just because I think time yeah. is very much against us, particularly against me at the moment because we have to go to the airport. But what, Collie, what time do you have to be for uh, Well, I mean, people are going to be listening to this at different times of the day, John. How long do you have? I'm flying in around two hours' time, so I need to get moving yeah. here. Um, Collie, you're taking the first division this year. Well, well, you, you know what it is. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be really tough, competitive again. Um, Bray and Shells probably be the top two. But the big thing that is just the big elephant in the room for me is if Shells win it, does Ian Morris have to leave his job when he gets into the Premier Division because he doesn't have a pro? Well, I don't think he should now because the precedent has been set at Dundalk. I've, I've, I've had this discussion with people that I think if Ian Morris... Um, and shells go up. I think they take the dog press release. I think I might have made this point earlier. They take the dog press release. Now they have to go and find their someone that has that. But I think they're going to do it. The, the FUI have left themselves open to. They, they can't come down hard on one club and not come down hard on another because you leave yourself open to all sorts. So shells just need to mimic what the dog have done and send out the exact same press release and change the names and find someone to win because Morris is the head coach then, yeah. and, and that's what he has to do. I mean, I, what's your I view on this? On this era, on uh, this, on this, on this, not this era, on this sort of situation that is the airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I find it unfair. I find that you're actually restricting up and coming new coaches, managers, by saying you have to have the qualification before we can give you the job. They don't get me wrong. The, I was on the pro course for the last two years. Fantastic course. Can't speak highly enough about it. It's absolutely a top, top class course run by um, Noel. But they actually put that precedent in place that you have to have completed it before being able to take a job in the Premier Division. I think you're restricting new up-and-coming coaches. You take, let's say, Finn Haps and Ollie Hogan gets the sack for reducing in the, in the pitch <laughs> and you give it to Critero. He can't, mm. like, that, he's probably someone that would be looking to become a manager at some stage. Because you kind of learn can't. on the job as well, don't you? You, you learn, do. You're from mistakes while you're I, on the I job. think you should be given a certain amount of time in the job and get your qualification while, while doing that yeah well I think the point is that in other leagues in Europe at a, you know higher level leagues you don't need the qualifications that you need here to manage so um, it's it's how the Irish have applied the, the 
the badge system and the Irish application, which has changed, as we know, even where previously once you were on the course, you'd be fine. Whereas now, and it, it seems that was pressure from established pro-licensed badge holders who maybe are struggling to get a gig. And I think they might have put... You know, We're all very selfish uh, in this world when you think Put a bit of pressure down. But you know. then you have a situation where there's a, a sort of a cartel of coaches. Because we've spoken before, maybe one of the unattractive things about the league to outsiders is almost the cartel of same managers working the circuit again. And now it's, it's difficult because we want to talk about creating an industry in this country. And in fact, there's only a certain amount of jobs. And then people have a full-time qualification and they're unemployed. It must be difficult for them. So it's, 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 it's all part of like the idiosyncratic nature of like Irish football. That we don't, if someone's out of work and they're a full-time manager, there's nowhere for them. There's no easy fallback mm. to get scouting work. Or, you know, like in England where you can go and you, get someone, you, get, you lose your job, but then you're doing reports and you're getting money to do it. And it's well, a, I, it's I a different story. You I know? think like that we've talked a lot about the underage leagues in terms of players. I think for coaches, it's brilliant. Like such an education. Alan Murphy got the job because he was going to under seventeen manager, mm-hmm. and now he's there in the helm and unbelievable um, kind of hunger from young players on Friday night. Just briefly on the first vision, it's going to be a really good campaign if this was on to go by. Drogheda were brilliant and Shells did not look like a team that's going to run away with it. And um, there were some really good goals. They're still one away to Galway from 2-0 down. Like Brought two. on Carl Moore and Conan Byrne second half yeah. and Kieran Kilduff gets two goals. I would have um, thought that's, there's a significance in what Shells did there. You know, that they managed to win a game yeah, with 2 down. I think yeah. for Morris it was uh, huge as well. Just first game, but um, over 2,200 in Galway. Great start. The fixtures this weekend. Bray against Limerick. Cracking game again. Shelburne against Cabin Teeley. Uh, Wexford against Galway United. Cove against Athlone. Interesting. Athlone, if they win that game, obviously, two po- that would be more than the victories they had last season, I think. Um, and they look like they, they could be okay. Longford against Drada, the game of the, of the round. And it kind of, it, it saddens me a bit to see that uh, the first division isn't getting the coverage it should be because I think there's a lot to offer there. Um, yeah, there's some good mm. good games in that in, in that division. And we need to be pro- there last year. It, it, yeah. There's some top, top class games in it. We do need to promote the young players in the league as well, online and videos and what they yeah. can do. And just because I think the league's in a good place. Uh, at the well, we've seen now that... Like, like certain clubs, I mean, we were talking about the Premier clubs last night. That you know they've obviously got the expertise and they've got the people there and facility, you know, to to record and put out a package. Um, and it's easy to say, oh, the first division club should be doing that. Not all of them; they're relying on volunteers and and people. But if possible, I mean, that's the stuff that should be prioritised. You know, if 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 you can find someone who's trying to, and uh, you know, you, there'll be people out there, you know, younger people trying to get going, like in in certain professions that it should be channeled towards it but it's, it's easy it's easy set you know thanks very much for coming in Collie no at 9am on a Tuesday morning and um, we know it's been a tough enough start but I, I think we're all confident things are going to improve a lot for UCD hope so just get more people going to your just games keep the wolves away from <laughs> the door keep the wolves away <laughs> from the door the lessons. wolves will always be on the door at the door a free free pint or something if you go to a game or something like we that. We did that before. Did you? Yeah, we gave him a voucher. He got a free pint in the student bar if you came into the game. They came in, they got the voucher and walked back out the gate and went to the bar. Unbelievable. <laughs> You just you just hate students, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I went to UCD for five years, yeah. and you I remember hate students, I remember various you? promotions, you know, <laughs> that existed. But a lot of the people in UCD, you know, they'd be more interested in the Leinster Schools Cup, you know. Give blood, get a uh, point. They'd be, they would have been down in Donnybrook this week, you know, with their <laughs> shirts, you know, and their. You know the way, like when you when you gave blood, you got a pint after. It's kind of like that. Go to the UCD game, and we'll give you a pint after. It's the same kind of ordeal that you have to go through. It's actually not though. UCD play great football. <laughs> Thanks for coming in again. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. And that was. Uh, episode 3 but there are limits to your life